Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul. Thanks so much for stopping in to listen to some folkloric tales. Today is a very special day. Um, And it's episode 47. Um, And I'm going to talk about a couple different things here. First and foremost, happy Juneteenth, Emancipation or Jubilee Day, if you haven't heard of it. In my opinion, it's the true Independence Day. Um, And it all started back in June 19th of 1865. This is just like quick history for you. Union soldiers arrived at Galveston, Texas and declared that slavery was abolished. So this is the true Freedom Day. I think it was just last year that it was finally considered a national holiday. Um, But I do think it's really important to celebrate freedom of all peoples. no matter the background, because I don't think we're fully free until everybody is. Typically, this is celebrated like in a big, big way with lots of food and singing and dancing and praising. Um, And I just think it's a really cool holiday that really deserves to have like its own celebration and recognition. So I'm glad that the U.S. is finally doing that. But this is also the date of the very first Father's Day celebration in 1910. So I was super surprised that it was actually after Mother's Day that this was first celebrated. Usually we kind of see things the other way around where there will be a holiday or it'll be given to the cis male section of the population. But I was really surprised that this was one of the first times where Mother's Day was first and then Father's Day followed suit like, I think it was 58 years afterward. Yeah, um, it was actually after Mother's Day was first celebrated, it became the official holiday under President Woodrow Wilson that it would occur on, he made it occur on Sunday, June 18th, like just yesterday in the US was Father's Day. And just like I talked about for the Mother's Day episode, I have lots of complicated emotions about this. Um, not only do I know that there can be a lot of like father wounds in a person and it can be difficult to identify who our own fathers are at times, depending on your background, but also being a dad or being a father is a whole other thing too. And it, it can include, um, children. It can include adults. It can include animals, plants, even like There are so many things to like father and protect is what I think of. And that can include people that are in charge of making sure a little human, whether in real life of their own offspring or even within themselves are taken care of. I definitely went more in depth during the Mother's Day episode about all the different possibilities and Um, Father's Day is one of those tough holidays for me too. So I've specifically been um, taking my complicated emotions about it and like just really taking in 
all the different ways someone can be a father figure or a support system, um, either in my own life, in your life, or to be in others' lives. And I've just been focusing on that. So celebrate if you'd like in whatever way you feel is best for you. I know I'm going to um, really just like, I'm just like, (laughs) this is so cheesy, but I'm like really in love with my husband. (laughs) And I really love spending time with him. And he's like a really great guy. And he's like a wonderful dad. And I think what I'm going to do is highly encourage him to make quiche (laughs) because I really like his quiche recipe. And, um, and I don't know, like maybe we can have some outside time with the Babo. Um, she's been like really obsessed with, I'm going to have to whisper it so she doesn't hear me. She's been really obsessed with bubbles lately. Okay. She didn't hear me. Um, (laughs) she loves bubbles um she she's like obsessed and she thinks I I feel like she's like this is her magnum opus of like if she can just figure out how they're made and why they're rainbow and like how they float and how you can get them to not pop like she will discover all of life's mysteries (laughs) um but maybe we can have some outside time um with her and that would be really great maybe go on a spooky stroll or something we actually got her this like bubble blower gun that like is automatic instead of having to like pump it up or dip it in stuff she's so little still like she's only at the time of me recording it she's almost 16 months old which I don't know how to do months but she's a little over a year old and so she can't quite like figure all those things out and so if she can just push a button and then she sprints around and like builds bubble towers and stuff with it it's really really cute to see and it's a lot of fun but I thought that it might be fun to talk about some father folklore today just to kind of like get into it see where they pop up um it started with well my mind originally went to Odin especially because he's called the all father um He's from Norse mythology. So this one article calls him the, quote, one-eyed god of war, end quote. And he was also considered like a berserker or like father of a berserker or of berserkers and kind of like fueled their energy. I had always heard the term berserker. I did not know what it meant until I read this article. It seems like they're these unarmored warriors who like rushed into war and who felt no pain during battle and they had like mass casualty ratings and stuff like that and I don't know I'm talking about this like as if it's a video game but it's just like they would be these unstoppable brute forces that didn't feel the intensities of war in the moment they would berserk out and they would just like be able to rush into battle Something I thought that was interesting about Odin, because this is something that I just don't hear very often um, about fathers in general, like like a part of the general population, let alone a god of all gods type of situation or a, an all father situation. He's the god of wisdom and poetry. And I thought that was a really cool combination because I personally know people who have both wisdom and poetry who are men but it's typically like societally there's like these schemas that they want us to keep men in that are like they're either soft and poetic or they're old and wise like there are these weird combos that like must go together even though that's not true you can be wise and masculine 
and love poetry all at the same time. So I really liked that Odin was one of the kinds of gods that can really put the break down the boundaries and be like a complex being. So apparently he lived in Valhalla in Asgard. Um, he'd reward brave souls and heroes of war by feasting with them at the table. His method of battling, he would use a spear that was his weapon of choice. And he rode on an eight-legged horse named Sleipnir. He would like hoist his spear over the side of the war or the battle that he wanted to win. And then he'd send the Valkyries, who are very interesting to me. I'm going to have to do another episode on just the Valkyries. But they're these incredible, like, warrior women to go down and aid the soldiers. And as they chose, um, and to their discretion, they would choose who would live and who would die. And the warriors who died were revered in Valhalla. Odin is considered not just a wise god, but the wisest of gods. Um, he's associated with knowledge and learning is very, very important to him. Um, he also has two ravens, which I thought were really cool. Their names are Huyin and Munin. And I don't know if I said them correctly, but <laughs> it's really neat because they would actually tell him what they saw um, as they flew overhead, whether it was in battles or whether it was while they were taking in information from other gods and goddesses or deities. It's really interesting to see that, like how the whole like watchfulness and overseer and eye imagery comes into place. And also like this symbolism of what the eye means and how much information it holds. And you'll see what I'm talking about in this next little snippet about him. But um, it said that he got his greatest wisdom from Mumir. Those, that is another name where I can't quite find. Um, first of all, Google keeps telling me that I mean to write murmur <laughs> and I do not. And then I'm like, no, it's like this creature of wisdom. And they're like, no. <laughs> so I don't know, but it's spelled M-U-M-I-R. But this ancient being guarded a well of all knowledge. Um, also just to be an annoying author real quick, uh, I have celestial wells in my sequel that will eventually come out. I realized after critiquing that I need to completely rehaul it. So bear with me here. But I love the idea of a well. And then this is just me going into a caveat about well, my wells real quick, my fictional wells. I tried to switch how I don't know if you remember from or had a chance to listen to the angel episode, the angel accuracy episode where we where I talked about biblically accurate angel depictions, but it was talking about like the difference between celestial, terrestrial, and subterrestrial uh, beings and like deities and angels and things like that. And I wanted to kind of flip it. And so I have like the celestial well, which means that it would normally be something that you'd see in like the night sky, but I put it underground, like in an aquifer type of situation or underground spring. Anyway, that's my side note. Now I'm going back to Odin. I swear I'll stop talking about my sequel eventually. Actually, I don't promise anything. I'm sorry I even led you to believe that. <laughs> so this Mumir guy was 
um, refused to tell, was like the guardian of this well and this knowledge. And he refused to tell Odin this ancient wisdom until he gave something of value in return. And what Odin did was he plucked out his eye and dropped it into the well. And then Mumir was satisfied with his offering and knew it was like an equal offering. And he was allowed to drink a cup of the knowledge, which there's just so much symbolism here. Eyes being all seeing, being all knowing, and you have to basically give up one to have the other. Not saying that if someone has one eye, they can't see everything because that's that's like not true. <laughs> um, but it's just like symbolism wise, I think it's very interesting, um, especially with like the whole like overseeing battles and those ki- those types of things behind Odin. I just thought that was like a really interesting process to go through and why it was considered an a worthy enough sacrifice for knowledge. Um, something else that I thought was interesting, this is pretty much unrelated other than like word usage wise. Um, Wednesday comes from Woden's Day, aka Odin's Day, which I thought was pretty cool. So that's another side fun fact. But um, apparently he's called the All Father because he was the father of Aesir, a race of gods in Norse mythology. And these types of race are what Thor and Baldur were. And he's also a father figure to Loki. So I thought that was even though <laughs> there's a whole there's whole other things when it comes to like Loki and how he was treated and all these things. Um, but that aside, I do like that there are non blood related father figures because those are so valid and those can even be better or healthier or more protective than what you are born into. And everyone has a certain time in their life where they need to choose their own family. Even if you come from like a really securely attached, really supportive and loving and unconditionally loving, wonderful family, at some point people have to choose their own connections and who they want to associate with and who they want to build their family around. And I don't even mean if someone doesn't want to have kids, that's totally fine. But I just mean like, their family as in who they associate with and who they consider their family as like an adult human person. And you know what? I include animals in that too. That's a decision that people can make as they become adults. And I don't think that's really shown a lot. It's kind of only reserved for like broken families or people who come from broken families, which like, I'm no stranger to that. Um, But that they're the ones like the onus is all on them to create their own family. And honestly, that's like a rite of passage to become an adult anyway. Like at some point, you're going to have to choose your own family. And so I do really love when these father figures of chosen family or adoptive families are shown because they are just as valid. And sometimes they have another not I don't want to say closer relationship, but definitely like a different relationship in that person's heart. So that's kind of me wrapping up everything on Odin specifically. Hello and thank you for listening. I am so excited to say that I now have a Patreon that you can go to. I'll make sure I include the information in the show notes. But I have multiple tiers you can choose from. $1, $3, and $5 tiers. The $1 Spooky Soul tier gives you access 
to an online Discord community that is filled with fellow spooky souls. If you want to talk about creepy, cozy things, you might be interested in that. The $2 Cryptid Creature tier lets you have that online community, as well as giving you early access to episodes, bonus content, and secret bonus content. And the $5 Kachu Cuddler tier, named after my fluffy, squish-faced kitty, lets you have that online community, early access to episodes, and the bonus material, but it also lets you suggest future episodes and I'll shout out your name during each episode. Thank you so much for your listenership and support, and I can't wait to talk to you more soon. I was really curious to see what other uh, father figures are out there, because whenever I did the mother episode, there were all these like, you know, Mother Earth, and then I had this whole Earth Mother episode even before that, all about Pachamama and things like that. Of course, Gaia. There's all sorts of mother figures out there, but something that was really odd to me was that there kind of aren't a lot of like good dads, (laughs) like good sky daddies out there (laughs) that are like loving and nurturing and want the best for their offspring. Um, And it's funny because there's this author of the other article and I, of course, will include all the articles in the show notes if you're curious to learn more because I'm just like briefly going over them. Um, But if you want to see them for yourself, it's the one by Caitlin Beavis and she has an article called, quote, Epic Dads, where, end quote, where like they talk about fathers from Greek mythology specifically Um, and they also sell Father's Day cards that are, like, really specific and hilarious. Um, they're really funny. So, like, the examples that were on this article, I think they have more than this, but it says, like, quote, you're a better dad than Zeus, in parentheses, not that, not that it's hard, end quote. Another one says, thanks for not feeding me to the Olympian gods. (laughs) Another one says, thanks for not eating me when I was a baby, (laughs) because it's, like, weird. That happens so much in folklore and mythology. And then the last one that was an example was, thanks for not throwing me down Mount Olympus. It's like the the standards are very low right now. Um, But she mentions how they mention how there's lots of, quote, epic dads, end quote, that kept trying to like eat their children and or abuse and or neglect them. Um, So she came up with a list of like God dads. Um, that were somewhat decent, but keep in mind, and she says that her her writing, like her voice and humor really comes through her writing. Um, it was just really funny because like she's like the bar is in hell, <laughs> basically. But these are people that somewhat cared about their offspring. <laughs> I was like, what a disclaimer. Um, I just thought it was really funny. So one of the ones she listed was Poseidon. Um, He's considered very protective of his children. Um, And he has um, monster and human children, which I thought was really interesting. And he's also like the father, but not like, like procreation wise father, more like creator of all horses. So I'm a total cowboy. So I had to include the him. Then we've got King Polybus. So as you may already know, but in case you were like me and didn't, um, he's the king that took in Oedipus when he found him on a mountaintop abandoned. And Oedipus, this is where the Oedipus complex comes from. Oedipus was fated to murder his father and marry his mother. Um, 
so he ran away um, from King Polybus's household so that he wouldn't accidentally do just that or so he wouldn't fall into the trap of killing the dad that he loves and who like nurtured him his whole life and it turns out that he ended up accidentally running back into his bio family and bio father and killing him and marrying his bio mother oh sorry so um there were some holes in the plan here for sure especially because i'm pretty sure oedipus learned that he would do that like i i don't know the timeline like I don't know. There's just some holes in the narrative. Like, didn't he know that he was taken in as a baby? Or when did this, like, fortune teller tell him his fate? Um, And I know that his bio mom and dad knew about it or they wouldn't have abandoned him on a mountaintop. So I'm not sure. But so take this with a huge grain of salt because I'm doing a horrible job describing it because I'm really not familiar with the Oedipus story. Um, But King Polybus was a wonderful father to him and was very unconditionally loving to the point where, (laughs) which I know the standards are low here, but to the point where Oedipus didn't want to kill him. (laughs) So that's pretty good. Um, And then lastly, I see Daedalus, who's the father of Icarus. Um, And he was the one who warned Icarus not to fly too close to the sun. And he was very devastated when he lost his son, um, when ultimately he did fly too close and he uh, plummeted to his death. That's not heartwarming. (laughs) This is a horrible story and it's very sad. But Daedalus was a really good dad and was trying to help him escape. And there were all these things going on that were really sad. I do wish that there were more instances of caring and consistent fathers in folklore. That kind of just means that we all need to be good dads so that maybe someday there will be like folklore written about us. (laughs) Um, But there are incredible figures out there who make all the difference to the next generation and their own self and their inner child. I hope that you have a lovely day that's filled with compassion for yourself and any dependent humans and or animals that rely on you. And I hope you feel close and loved by others and your own personal self. Happy Father's Day. Happy Freedom Day. Happy Summer Solstice. May it bring you warmth and light in this next season. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.